0: Welcome to Ensuring Success, the podcast that takes you on a journey to unlock the keys of achieving not just fleeting victories but sustainable and fulfilling success. This is Ensuring Success. Welcome everyone to the second episode of Ensuring Success. I'm Natalie Crawford and I'm back today and joined by CEO of Houchins Insurance Group, Andy Barker. Andy welcome to Ensuring Success. Well thank
1: you Natalie I'm excited to be here.
0: We're glad to have you. So Andy and I are going to spend today talking about the power of mentorship and leadership in an organization but before we get started I of course have to ask you our staple question for the show which is how do you define success and then in turn how do you ensure success in your life?
1: Uh, interesting question. I love that you asked that. Um, you know really success to me is uh, really being driven to accomplish something specific and then accomplishing that thing and really and that can play in all aspects of life uh doesn't matter what those perspectives are but uh, the way I was wired is from a young kid child kid uh is to always set goals and to drive to achieve those and that's always been success to me Um, But it it may be a little bit more broader than that. Um, Maybe we can get a little bit, as as we talk about leadership, that'll come out into it. But that'd be probably the simplest is fine for me.
0: And so what do you do in your day-to-day life to make sure that you're achieving those things?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, so I start, I'm very much a routine person. Uh, I found that uh, my weaknesses are distraction- anybody that knows me well can understand that but my routine is vital to me and uh, every morning i get up and i have my what are my priorities start my day knowing that and so i had to make some adjustments to my life in order to be able to do that so um, i get up at 4:30 every morning um and that I, uh, I have my fitness hour that's in that and then i come home to quiet time where i go to a special place uh it, depending upon what type of weather is on the screen in the back porch or in front of the fireplace and I spend uh, my time, and, and, and my time spent very specifically to start my day right. And that consists of three things. Number one, my time uh, focusing on God and uh, the impact he has for me at that moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two... Uh, I have a set of goals that I review every morning to say, hey, what am I doing today to better advance myself toward accomplish those goals? And then finally, number three, uh, what am I doing to advance my family? So those are my three priorities. It's pretty simple uh, from that perspective, but it keeps me on track because I need those things. Natalie, you know me all too well, (laughs) like showing up this morning, (laughs) you know, Um, I can easily get distracted. Uh, because what's in front of me is what's most important so
0: yeah so let's kind of dive in a little bit further about your journey into ceo and your path that got you there and just kind of start with um, college where you went and what you studied and then kind of the steps and the path that you had that led to your position as ceo
1: uh, it's funny, it's kind of ironic. So we are in Bowling Green, um, as you may or may not know, everybody that listen. But um, so I started at Western Kentucky University, and that's uh, went to school there and with a marketing degree, with the intentions of getting the sales uh, and marketing from some aspect. Didn't know exactly where I was heading. Surely was never thinking insurance. I can <laughs> promise you that. Most um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and like most of our folks. Uh, Very true, but uh, really, uh, you know, thinking long term from that perspective, um, I met my wife here at Western, and uh, I got started in sales coming right out of school, and that sales led to a uh, leadership position, and then uh, we moved to the corporate office uh, after that point in time to run sales for them internationally, not internationally, excuse me, domestically uh, from that perspective, and then later moved on in a, uh, a larger general manager capacity Uh, and and for the state of Tennessee Uh, but uh, really what at the foundation of that it was uh, friendships that got me where I am today Um, I had paternity brothers uh, that I work with very closely today that asked me to come speak at an event and uh, and it was a sales event um, where my strength has uh, typically been sales management and leadership from that perspective Um, they asked me to come and play golf and Uh, drink beer and have fun (laughs) and uh, I said sure anytime I'd love to do that and went and and, uh, I fell in love with an organization unintentionally Um, where I was I was uh, very satisfied loved the path I was on and uh, God had a bigger plan he showed me something uh, about a specific culture that existed and I was fascinated by that Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get the mentorship piece of it but it was a group of individuals all pulling the same direction um, that had really invested in one another and, um, and later came back, uh, was more fascinated by the group. Um, and then about a month later, uh, the leadership team came to me and asked me if I'd be interested in, uh, joining their team in the sales management capacity. At that point in time, I didn't think I had any interest in doing that. And I later to find out that, uh, again, God had a different plan for me. I was approached a weekly, a week later about, um, that we were going to downsize the organization and that organization was asking me to uh, downsize uh, three of my six positions that weren't reported to me and um, when i realized that and realized that uh, tenure was going to serve over performance for those individuals, I realized quickly that uh, that was not the right place for me. Right. And uh, that's what led to my path to get here. And it's funny, you know, don't ever, uh, you ever want to hear God laugh, just tell him your plans. I can tell Mm -hmm. you that because if you ever thought, told me I was going to live in Bowling Green, Kentucky, I would say you're absolutely crazy (laughs) and there's no chance that my wife would be here. And uh, now we've been here 21, almost 22 years, and it has absolutely become home and a great place for my family and uh, my friends and have been truly blessed by that. So uh, that's, that's awesome. how I got to where I am today. It continue to advance in my role uh, and capacity, a start in sales management. That's really my passion is development of other people. Uh, And watching them succeed, that's probably the most satisfying thing that I do on a daily basis to see um, young men and women develop in roles and become more and more. And hopefully they'll all take my position one day. That's that's our mission. So um, so uh, Houches Insurance Group, going back to Van Meter, going back to Synaxis, just rewinding all the way through those years has been an incredible experience and uh, has given me opportunities I truly felt I wouldn't have had other places. So. Right. um,
0: That's awesome love that um so obviously in all of those different times in your journey to get where you are today you've certainly had your fair share of leaders ahead of you whether it was you know teachers coaches um in the professional space so what is the best experience you have had with leadership
1: you know it's interesting i thought about this you prepped me for this question of anson um you know I don't have one single leader. I I, I was taught uh, again at a young age to find the best qualities in people, and because of that, I've really been surrounded by some people that have made a differences in my life. And I think I would break that down uh, into a group, and and probably will fail to mention, but my father. I'd start with him first. Um, you know, he taught me at a young age that you are the company that you keep, and that mm-hmm. uh, I didn't realize. Um, the uh, what that really meant at the point in time, I really thought he was just trying to keep me out of trouble. Um, but probably a little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, I, was, I think that, and and that probably was the initial intent. But as uh, we continued to develop further in life, I found that it was the quality of people that were around me that raised the bar for who I was. And right. uh, most of the time, those people were pulling me, mm-hmm. and I wasn't pushing, and I wasn't pushing them. And that and that really putting me in some surroundings where I found I was the youngest person in the room a lot of times and had some opportunities because of who I was surrounding myself with and uh, I I give a lot of credit to uh, that advice at a young age and then you know I think about uh, Cecil. Uh, Cecil is Mm -hmm. our chairman uh, of the board for Housins Insurance Group but Cecil uh, unique quality, anybody that knows him, I mean, he's, he's a great, great person, uh, a bit of a character as well. Um, but just his business lessons that he taught me um, have really been one of the guiding points from a leadership perspective. For example, one of the greatest things he taught me and showed me how to implement in life is truly doing business with those people that do business with you. And why is that important? And, uh, and, and how does that help us develop and grow? And what you find is that people and what it's a lot bigger than just doing business with people that you know. It's about people that genuinely care for one another and how you help one another. Uh, I really think that uh, I've been blessed by having a lot of people around me that have helped uh, me and I've Mm -hmm. been able to help. And it's been very much a nurturing relationship that has grown. So, and then finally, you know, I've got uh, one of my best business partners, Royal Brian Sewell. Um, he taught me genuinely how to lead in, as a godly man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really natural. I had some natural qualities as a young man. I was a president of my fraternity, and I was putting some uh, leadership roles. A young, I, young, I knew how to lead. I. Um, and you got to care for other people and, uh, influence others. Um, but I don't know that I ever looked at it from a godly perspective and he helped me develop in that role and really challenges me each day. He and I are great sounding boards and uh, we've been able to pass that on to some others as well. So, uh, especially from a mentor perspective. So, um, you know, I've got other, uh, you know, Brian Jenkins, somebody we mm-hmm. work with on a daily basis um, from a sales leadership perspective. Um, and, Um, I've surrounded myself uh, with other business partners. Another gentleman, my name is Sam Glenn, Greg Farrell, my minister. Um, But what they've all taught me is that we learn from our experiences. And if we can take those experiences and apply them, um, it's going forward to help others. Um, and, and so that they don't make some of the same mistakes we made or were able to share those, that that's really what true leadership is, is pouring into other people. So, yeah. um, th- those are just some of the great influences. Uh, finally, I got to end with one of my favorite stories and this is AJ Boz, um, mm. uh, you know, and I know he wouldn't mind me telling the story, but, uh, AJ and I, uh, me from a leader, him from a salesperson that worked for us as a producer role, found ourselves in a a spot where AJ had put himself in an extremely bad situation and he he, we would say rock bottom by every definition and to watch somebody like AJ go from rock bottom to the thriving uh, man that he is today and that uh, an environment that we work in every day created that for him and to see the way he's capitalized on that. I have so much respect for people that have been in that role and there's so much to learn from those. And I think those are some of my best leadership examples that I can give because people that have been to the bottom have so much respect for what they have every day. And I think right. that when you haven't had those um, negative impacts in your life, mm-hmm. a lot of time. Uh, we forget about and we take things for granted. And sure. that, those have been my greatest examples. And there's nothing that uh, brings more excitement to me on a day that, when I see AJ and we have to share our times together and to hear what's going on in his life today mm-hmm. and know where he came from. So right. uh, that that's, that's probably one of the best examples I can give, what's really taught me about leadership and also uh, what was put on my heart at that point in time uh, to do the right thing for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point in time, the right thing for him was to fire him. Yeah, and uh but look at where he is today he's one of our thriving guys in mm-hmm. what they do and uh, probably one of uh, our best stories as an organization um so uh, uh, you know it's uh it's continually reminding yourself that uh that uh even when people are going through bad times there's could there are good times ahead
0: absolutely um so you talked about rock bottom so we're going to kind of take the other the other side of this instead of your best experience with leadership and turn into what was the worst experience you've had with leadership. So what made you think in that experience, I will absolutely never do this to another person or another team? What was that experience for you?
1: Um, So I worked for a large um, uh, Fortune 500 corporation, and uh, I won't, I'll save people's individual (laughs) names here, but let's just call her Brenda. Uh, So I had a a boss and uh, she was a driver. Uh, by every perspective of it, with no sense of uh, uh, priority of my family and um, and um, what my true needs were, she was only focused on the end goal mm-hmm. and where she was very much very successful and I to this day, I appreciate her from every aspect because of what she taught me, and maybe she recognized at that point in time that this is what I needed. Um, because she was very successful in business. But at that point in time, it did not feel good at all mm, right. uh, from every perspective. And what I learned from her, and what I still apply almost every day in what I do, and that's truly to nurture and care, to understand the goals of what my uh, the people that report to me and the people that I'm leading, what their intentions are, so that I can help them get there. Because um, what I found is – you know, it's not just about the business being successful. It's not just about that individual being successful. And it's surely not about me being successful. Mm-hmm. It's about when it's a win for all of us across the board, man, that is so much fun to celebrate right. and everybody pulls in the same direction and it makes people pour that much more in to whatever the cause is. So it has been, uh, honestly, that is pr- it, uh, changing a bad into a good. I'm very appreciative for those days. Um, I remember, uh, coming home and, uh, my wife, Anne, telling me said hey something's got to change because I was sitting there at the age of 28 uh telling my wife that my heart was racing and Mm -hmm. that uh, I was working 70 80 hours a week uh, very much leading the corporate life right and uh, she said hey this was not going to continue to work and uh that next morning uh, I woke and I went and met with her and told her that and uh the my uh, it was very, very difficult for me to do because i 'm very much a pleaser by nature mm-hmm. and i didn 't want to let her down uh, from that perspective and The fact that when I did and I faced that and I, I realized that um, that I was looking out for the goodness and of my family and my well being first, and the way that she reacted was an incredible experience for me and it 's changed so if any, even to this day, when I have an issue. Uh, and Natalie, you probably know this, you and I, you know, have a working environment. If I have an issue, I'm going to come sit down and talk to you immediately mm-hmm. about it because I can't let that continue right. to go on because that will continue to build or ponder in my mind and continue to be a bigger issue than what it is one of the best lessons i ever learned i hate that ever got to that point my mission with my folks are to make sure that that never gets to that point that i'm asking those questions often and early uh, to make sure that there is something that's not going right or if i don't understand your goals or if they don't align with me that we're having that open communication so yeah that uh, probably one of the most important things to me
0: for sure and i can vouch for you that that is definitely the way that you lead um, the team that you have and i get to experience that and I hate that you had that experience, but I'm grateful that you did so that we don't have to have those experiences and you were able to take that away from it.
1: Um, And I'm glad you feel that way because that's that's really one of the values I want to leave behind. And I really think that it's it's often missed by leadership um, is that we don't – we're we're always scared to hurt someone's feelings, um, but you don't have to hurt someone's feelings to tell them honestly how you feel. You can still have a nurturing, caring heart. Uh, but tell them, hey, where they need to develop, or how this doesn't align, to really identify the issues. And honestly, that's just closed door meetings, mm-hmm. and you know this. Yep. Uh, and you know, I don't know if this is a strength or weakness of mine, but I love to come plop down the office and say, hey, let's just talk yep. and close the door. And and that's really where um, I think the best conversations are taking place, not inside a review, not inside of a formal right. meeting. It's really when you understand, or if you walk in a room and I notice that. Um, something's not right something's just off what's bothering you tell me mm-hmm. uh, I want them here to help never trying to get in your personal life but I want to be there to help and develop and be there in the goods and bad so so I learned all that through that so right. I think that turned to be it to be a great lesson uh, for me and something that I've been able to implement on a daily basis so yeah. very appreciative to you Brenda thank you
0: let's take some time then we've talked about the leadership experience you've had in your personal life but let's make it a little bit bigger into leadership for an organization so what role do you think leadership can play in an organization and in the professional environment and knowing that we're going to talk about s- mentorship as well what do you think is the difference between leadership and mentorship
1: it's a great question uh, so the first part what do i think uh what's why is in my role or what's the leadership role inside of the organization and why is it so important um first and foremost i think honesty and transparency so you have to have the ability to gain cr- trust throughout the organization if you really want to accomplish a goal uh, natalie you know we've set some big goals for ourselves mm-hmm. and we didn't know if we'd be able to accomplish those or not and one of those have been striving to get to 100 million dollars yep. in revenue uh, that's to make sure that i mean and uh, that we have remained significant in the marketplace, and we can continue to be able to offer the resources necessary to compete, and uh, all those things to become scalable. Um, but what, using that as an example, th- the most important part of that is to make sure that everybody understood the, the purpose of why. Why were we doing this? Why are we moving forward? And truly, uh, truly communicating that, as, as as we've read and we know and understand. People don't hear that the first time when you tell them that. It's usually about the tenth or eleventh time that it really resides in what in what you say and do, and that the, you get full buy-in. So that is a big factor. Of mine is setting the objectives, the truly communicating the why, and then being fully transparent uh, from those perspectives. Because I think a leader's role is to move toward a whatever that goal is. It's best for the organization, which should also be best for the people. And best for the clients, most importantly. Mm-hmm. So when you put all three of those things in perspective, you communicate the why, you set the objectives, and not saying that you can't be nimble and quick and God, do that, that's where the leadership really has to take place. That is the main role of a leader inside of a big organization. Um, of course, then you get to my more personal feelings is that you, I want to do that with integrity. I want to do that uh, with truly caring for our people and being able to do that on a big scope. And when you have an organization, and ours isn't huge, but we're 380 employees, it's hard to do that on an individual basis. But no matter what, if you may not know that person or that employee, that co-owner, that employee owner that we have on a personal basis, you can still make them feel uh, welcomed and loved and appreciated without knowing something about all 380 people. But mm-hmm. it's but we have to keep that environment alive and create a culture to do that. So I think that's really the role of a leader. Then you go on and ask me, okay, well, what's the difference between leadership and mentorship? You know, leadership is um, a, higher, a, a more global level. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentorship is really when you get into the weeds. Yeah. And you can have those conversations you and I have just talked about uh, where they're true one-on-one, open discussion, uh, getting feedback. Talking about development, really being able to shadow and develop uh, from that perspective, and um, understanding more of the inner workings than just the global communication method. Um, and, and honestly, both one's not more important than mm-hmm. the other because one without the other um, leads for uh, leads for disconnect mm-hmm. uh, from that perspective. And you know, one thing, and one of the things going back to my very first statements about why I'm here at Halsteads and Church Group today is that mentorship started before I got here. Mm-hmm. We've only been able to take that and grow that. And it's honestly one of the best qualities as an organization that we have. And I tie that back to our internship program Yeah. because we start with uh, young folks that like me had no interest in getting an insurance and, creating a love for them about why they'd want to be in insurance and why it's such a great career and then developing them in roles based upon their skill sets and traits mm-hmm. to be able to maximize and reach their individual goals. That's what true mentorship is. And how do we do that? And so you have to be able to recognize qualities and traits in individuals, and then you've got to be able to develop those. And, uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of examples of great mentors uh, in inside of our organization, mm-hmm. none of them do it the same. No, but the common factor is that they care deeply about that person, and that they looking at their best interest, the individuals, the mentees' mm-hmm. best interest, and that's really genuinely what makes our organization such a special place. We host a call every other Thursday with uh, which you get to attend. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for that. But And you've seen that happen. Um, but so on that call, there's typically 17, uh, we call non validated producers, which are people that uh, have not uh, reached their uh, significance inside of the organization to offset their salary because they're a commission job. Um, those developing producers get an opportunity to have a round table to talk about real issues that take place. And what are things that we can do to help them develop in those? And it's a generation of sharing ideas. I don't think there's a better example inside of our organization. Uh, that, that's probably my favorite part of my job. If you mm-hmm. ask me what's the one thing that motivates me the most is hearing those young professionals developing and going to another level and truly learning from one another to get, to get better and then seeing them be successful because of that. That is probably the most satisfying uh, uh, task that I do right. uh, periodically. So. Yes.
0: I know the value you place on uh, mentorship within our organization based on, like you talked about, that Zoom call that you do every two weeks with our younger sales team. Um, And I think there's a big piece of the mentorship puzzle that is senior leaders mentoring our junior employees, but I think there's another piece of it that's peer-to-peer mentorship. Um, So what do you think, or why do you think it's equally important them to have the, that peer mentorship and not just the senior leaders to the junior employees.
1: Yeah. Uh, so common theme we have around here, right people, right seats. Uh, so part of that is us identifying uh, the strengths and weaknesses of one another uh, and being open about those. And we do that through something called Culture Index. Mm-hmm. Natalie, you're aware of that, but it's it's been a great tool to us. But in light of that, what we found is that even people in the same roles have strengths and weaknesses in those roles, and how we help develop those. And we have some people that are really thrive in that and some people that struggle. And uh, I, I truly think that um, it, a vital part of cultural leadership and really intellectual knowledge of organization as it progresses and moves forward is pouring into one another and helping them. Uh, in their areas of weakness. And so I think this happens on a daily basis. I mean, we have several um, peer-to-peer events happen on a daily basis. Uh, from that perspective, we've got people that come and meet with us periodically, and those are more formal settings or those might be on one-on-one settings. Or someone may be experiencing a specific issue where we can truly mentor them through that process uh, because of our experiences or because of our strengths. And I think uh, having an open environment that truly recognizes uh, what those strengths and what those weaknesses are allows us to know who to go to and that that is uh, a, a, whether a safe place to be mm-hmm. able to go and have those conversations. and we have to create an environment where that is uh, where it's okay to expose your weaknesses right. And the only way to truly develop that is, is to expose that so that we can help or can help, mm-hmm. or that we can redirect and maybe that role that you're not in right is the best role, but maybe it's in another role that really amplifies or or is geared toward uh, those strengths and traits of who you are. So really, I I think that mentorship is a culture inside of an organization more so than just an individual act that takes place. And when you get that mindset, it's almost kind of expected to give back to the organization and help develop those others. And there's such thing as mentorship, uh, going up the ladder too, because their strengths, I'll, you know, I'll give you a great example, uh, you know, uh, Lydia Gillum Mm -hmm. in her role, she has some strengths that I don't possess and she helps me develop those on a daily basis. And we do that through very open conversation where some people aren't, uh, comfortable with exposing their weaknesses as a leader with a higher title, which doesn't mean much in the real world Um, but we're just trying to get better as people Um, I take that openly and and really I've developed because of um, up the ladder mentorship as much as you know uh, coming down from a hierarchy perspective so yeah I think mentorship at its core uh, is what drives a culture of organization and really pouring into others but there's a common theme Are we doing it for the good of the organization? Mm -hmm. And I genuinely think that's what makes Houchins Insurance Group and all the Houchins companies unique is because when you're doing it, you're doing it for the good of the co-owners or the owner employees. And that is everybody you work with. So all hierarchy is in our world is just structure that you have to have in order to be able to grow. But there are no boundaries of who can mentor who or who grows, or does somebody have a greater say? That's not the way we function. And when you can remove that, all of a sudden, your value is mm-hmm. uh, is you know and uh, you know you're you're a perfect role, Natalie. In, in what you've done, you came from an account management role, took those strengths, and now look how you've grown our organization from a whole totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, we when we can offer those avenues to do that, and not think what's just the good of the organization, but what's the good for the organization, what's good for the client, and what's good for the uh, employee owner. Mm-hmm. Then that's when that's when it all comes yeah. together, and that's true what truly what mentorship's all about.
0: Right, and I think we're very blessed because we do have a culture that so easily fosters those relationships and those avenues of success or growth for people to experience. Um, But do you think that leadership is a quality that some people have inherently, or do you think it's a trait that has to be practiced and studied?
1: Yeah, it's definitely... um, There are people that are born with leadership qualities, Mm -hmm. um, but definitely there are, you can develop leadership. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've seen it too many times, uh, especially, you know, the great thing about intern program is we get to see young men and women come from very uh, immature states right. to um, um, to opportunities to have great leadership and responsibility inside of our organization. I've seen it all too many times where I've looked at someone and I would have considered them immature, not no leadership qualities. And those people have developed to be sensational leaders inside of the organization. So I know for a fact they're developable. They're, that, that that's not. And, and I genuinely think. Um, I, I think that there are traits that people have right. that make them uh, probably more successful as a leader but I would encourage everybody to seek leadership skills. Leadership is not about a title. Mm-hmm. It's, it's genuinely about your ability to influence others uh, in, in life. And, um, and I think we all have that capacity. Some may be greater than others. Uh, you know, one of the greatest examples I have, uh, I can think about in our organization is uh, Mike Boss. Mm-hmm. Mike Boss stars an intern uh, for us um, at, at a very young age. Um, both he and AJ as a matter of fact are brothers mm-hmm. and, and get kick out of that perspective of it, but um, you would not have recognized Mike Boz as a leader at a young age uh, he didn't have those natural traits that you would say he, and but he may have not been put in some of those situations as well because I think a lot of leadership is about situational development right and I got thrown in there by luck mm-hmm. at a young age um, and had to speak in front of others at a young age. I remember the very first time I spoke in front of others, Um, and and I got upset and cried because I didn't know uh, I was so intimidated by it and just to think at that point in time that's what I really would thrive in and that's one of my favorite things to do this day you you say I like to you know talk on my feet all the time from that perspective <laughs> yes. but and and i genuinely enjoy that 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 was developed right and it's because somebody shoved me in front of that group i can still remember jim boffman was there i can tell you what that, what what its topic was i can tell you everything about that and i can remember how embarrassed i was because i got upset about it but it was setting the stage for me to be able to do that on a regular basis uh in the long term and to think about all you know even my time as president of our fraternity I got put in some situations where I was completely uncomfortable but I had to present and defend uh from that perspective mm-hmm. that only prepared me for later in life and I think that that's true with everybody I think it's about putting ourselves into those situations so I will go back and tell you that I think leadership is about putting yourself in the situations where you can be so there's a book out there called dress for success uh and just taking a different perspective of it is it says don't dress the part you are but dress the part you want to be well i take that and i say hey don't act the part you are act the part you want to be put yourself in situations be the first person to volunteer put make yourself uncomfortable um find those opportunities now I'm a big believer in letting people fail, mm-hmm. um, and that's where people learn the most from. So you want to make sure that your environment's going to support that. But know that put it all in line and be extremely prepared for those situations and make the best of those opportunities because that's what opens up doors. So I would want to encourage others that I think everybody possesses leadership yeah. uh, uh, potential. Uh, I think that some of us have been more fortunate in being situations at a younger age in order to do that because I think so much of it's confidence. Mm-hmm. I think so much of it is uh your ability to be able to persuade others with just being trustworthy and uh, uh being able to back whatever you present from that perspective i think that some people have given, been given opportunities to be able to develop that skill but um but others can st- it's still develop and i don't think it's ever too late
0: i think that sometimes leadership development can kind of get like an hour whenever it's brought up because there the market seems so saturated with Books and courses and especially with the online world now and everything that's available but I think there's real value for it and I think I know that we're spending time now as an organization looking into how we can oh, yeah. craft our leadership development program why is it so important for, for organizations to spend that time money you know effort into creating their own leadership development programs
1: well first of all every organization has its own personality mm-hmm. as an organization and that's why it's so important you just don't buy something off the shelf it's got to be customized to what that need is for your organization and what works well in that and and, and everybody has different sets of goals and what truly drive them in order to do that first of all so i would really think that 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 individual organizational personality is number one and that's why it needs to be uh, personalized specifically to that organization but number two develop being our leaders and the importance of truly having a training program. Um, and it is to continued betterment of the leadership, which are a direct reflection of who the organization is. If we're not continuing to push those leaders to be better, how can we expect anyone to do that inside the organization? Right. And also that opens up doors. So what we want for everyone is advancement. And for those that are interested in seeking advancement, we got to create upward mobility. So in order to be able to do that, we've got to continue to build, grow, so it creates an organizational structure that requires higher leaders, but also it takes some of those uh, other folks that have interest in leadership and opens up opportunities for them so they can continue to grow. So it is unbelievably healthy because Mm -hmm. it feeds itself, and that's what happens and why it's so vital that we continue to develop those leaders because we want the organization to continually get better. If not, I'm a big believer that – if you're not, you know, you, we're all running up this hill together in life, and there's this gravel path underneath us that's rolling down that hill. Mm-hmm. And you can do a couple things. You can stop and not continue to develop yourself, and you're going to end up at the bottom of the hill eventually. You're going to continue to regress, or you can outpace that. And I think that that's what leadership development truly is, is our ability to be able to outpace that gravel flow that's flowing down mm-hmm. the hill and begin to take us to a uh, to a greater level and continue to excel as an organization. You've heard me say this. I mm-hmm. think our we're an organization of, uh, of people, um, and our greatest assets go up and down the elevator every day, in and out our doors, right? And if you could give everybody a dot size based upon how much value they bring back the organization through, that could be technical knowledge, that could be leadership knowledge, that could be uh, very specific to their trade, um, but the more they know, the bigger their bubble is. And if you took that bubble and all those 380 bubbles and we combined it into one, we're one big bubble Mm -hmm. and everybody's mass makes that up right so if you can imagine that but if we're all developing ourselves and our individual bubbles are growing and we come together think Mm -hmm. how much bigger our bubble is and that is value back to our client that's what it's all about and and you know we're not relying upon a product that we make Mm -hmm. we're on a service that we offer we we have to have relationships that are deep and building and that we have to be technical experts at our product to make sure that we ensure our clients the best of our abilities that's what it's all about and that that's why i think that's so important is that continual development of ourselves not only from a leadership perspective but also from a technical perspective knowing our product knowing our client knowing those things because that's what gives us the ultimate knowledge as an organization yep. like ours
0: so for somebody who's listened to our conversation and they've said okay i hear you i'm hearing what you're saying about leadership mentorship I've I've got the books, I've listened to the podcast, all these things, and but they're coming to you and saying, I don't have a mentor or maybe I don't feel that I have a mentor within the organization I'm in. How can I find that person and what do I look for mm. and where can I look if it's not evident that there's someone in the organization I'm in to have that mentor outside of it to help lead me into bigger and better things for the future
1: Man, great question I'm so and I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because um you know first and foremost i think it's vital for people to know for you especially your leadership team to know is what you would like to do mm-hmm. and if if they're not asking that you need to be communicating it hey this is a path i'm really interested in doing this is it and and, w- and if you don't do that, they're not mind readers. Uh, right. There's too much business, too much uh, happening on a daily basis for people to stop and say, hey, wonder what it is that Natalie wants to do. Right. So you've got to communicate that openly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so first and foremost, you've got to seek that out. And and I think um, being an employee is just as important in that role as being a leader. Mm-hmm. Because I think you have to own it from every perspective. It doesn't matter where you stand on that. But if you want to seek career development for you, you've got to, first of all, communicate to others what it is, where you, what it is you'd like to develop in. And then you've got to seek that leadership out. And that leadership is your mentor from that perspective. So first and foremost, I would tell you to sit down, challenge yourself. Hey, what is it that I would really like to do? What skills would I really like to develop? And then who is strong in those skills? Right identify that so once you figure that out and your ability to be able to go then you've got to ask the hard question hey would you mind mentoring me for 15 minutes a week start out small Mm -hmm. and helping me this is an area I'd really like to grow which you've identified tell them why give them the why Mm gotta open communicate gotta get vulnerable because it doesn't work if we don't get vulnerable Um, and once you do that and then you find the people that want to pour into you because what you don't want is somebody assigned to you right you want somebody that's truly inter- interested in your individual success, and they need to understand why. And if they're not, and uh, and if you haven't seek that right individual out, I would just say keep looking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because that's what you have to find. It's kind of like finding a mate in life, right? you got to find the right person that matches your skills. you got to go find that who's going to pour into you and develop. And don't expect that just to be a sign. Well, I, didn't, I don't get mentorship. Well, that's not an excuse in my book. Right. Go find that mentorship. Yep internal external don't I, and, and I know of you know I have a career coach specifically um, but I've got great mentors around me all the time but I know that I need some other accountability outside of that and I love that her, her name's due she does a great job of digging into me and finding uh, where it is I need to continue to develop and having a structure in order to be able to do that I think you're never at a level that you say oh I've made it or, right? I don't need any more of that you need to continue to seek that but Those mentors, to your point, may change over a period of time. Because my mentors today are different than they were five years ago because I've developed in some areas where my job responsibilities have changed. What do I do? And some of those I'm seeking through other people in other roles like mine. I've made some great relationships with other CEOs of large agencies that have helped me more than uh, I ever could have imagined to think bigger and to uh, understand some weaknesses Mm -hmm. that I truly have. And uh, it's been fun to address those. It really has. It's been challenging too, but man, it keep, I love what I do. You know that, yeah. Natalie, and um, I look forward to my work every day. I'm blessed because of that, but only, only, only because I am pushed to do, be better uh, by others around me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we just talked a little bit more about the mentor-mentee relationship. So for our last part of it, I think, and I think you hit on a lot of this as far as The responsibilities of both mentors and and mentees because it's not just a place that mentees or let me back up it's not just a place that mentors have to bring everything to the table that's not the relationship the relationship is two-sided both parties have to be equally invested so what is the relationship and what are the responsibilities that each party have to bring in to that to make it function and to make it valuable for both sides of it
1: yeah. Uh, so I think, again, we start with the why. So I think as a mentee wanting to be mentored, you have to make sure, um, and there's two different roles here. So it, it's, sometimes you know where you want to be developed, sometimes a mentor will recognize a strength in you that says, hey, we need to develop that. Mm-hmm. Either way, both those have to communicate openly what the purpose of that is and what we're working toward to achieve. It doesn't have to be a position. It doesn't have to be paid. It doesn't have to be any of those things. Hey, we're looking to develop you in these areas. Um, So first and foremost, I think you've got to say the why, right? Um, I think number one, right after that, is that both parties have to be willing. Mm -hmm. And meaning that as, you know, I have some, uh, we have some great leaders inside of our organization, but the funnest ones and the ones I really want to pour into that can take constructive criticism. Right. To be, if you really want to thrive and be mentored, be a great constructive critic. We, Kyle Wise is the best inside of our organization. He and I can pretty much have an open conversation about anything, and the way he takes it is he understands that my intent is to better him. Right. But there's other individuals inside of the organization in my past that if I gave them open and honest feedback, they may crawl up mm-hmm. and, and, and defend back or may recluse on me. And, and that I can't have that. It doesn't work. And there's no desire or no need to mentor those individuals because of that result. So my openness is mm-hmm. it's got, it's, you got to make yourself vulnerable uh, from both sides of the table. I think that's vital in the mentee role, and you got to be willing to do it and don't enter it if you're not true and only you can tell that mm-hmm. are you willing to take the hard truth and understand that and know that the end result may be hey, maybe I'm not cut out to be this role, or maybe I can't develop the strength, or you got to be open to those things um so and and you may identify, hey wow i've unleashed something that I had no idea I had the capability mm-hmm. of doing that, but I think you have to have that approach going into it and in desire uh from a mentor perspective, jump on the other side, you got to be committed. It's tough. It's tough to stop, take time, uh, and truly develop other people. Uh, Joe Stewart's a great example of this. He takes time to truly pour into other uh, producers that work for him to make sure that they continue to develop and grow as individuals, but not just in work, but as but as Mm -hmm. quality people and to see that really take place. But not everybody has that patience. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has that. And some people are not meant to be mentors, right? There's no problem with that. Identify it. Um, You know, I I think identifying, Hey, am I a good mentor? Or you may be a great mentor in one area and Mm -hmm. a really poor in another. You've got to understand that and say, Hey, I don't think I'm the right person for this, but I'd love to send you to somebody else or, um, I think it's just being truly honest with yourself from mm-hmm. both sides of it. Where your strengths, where your weakness, where your desires are, and being open would be my would be my conclusion to yep. that question.
0: All right. So let's summarize everything that we've <laughs> talked about. So I think you jump in if I've missed anything. Okay. So when you're developing these leadership roles or these mentorship relationships, you have to determine the why, why you're there. Communicate openly, build trust, get uncomfortable, be committed, and then be honest with yourself and with each other.
1: I think you've nailed it. I can't think of anything we've missed there.
0: All right. Well, Andy, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. We appreciate your time and all the wisdom and the insight that you've given us. I know this is a topic that you are passionate about and that you spend a lot of time in your own personal life and in our organization developing these skills and this knowledge. So We appreciate everything that you've had to give. Thank you, Natalie. All right. Thanks. We'll see you next time.
1: All right.